You Can Sit With Us Podcast with Lexi B. Kiana Shelton is a learning and development professional dedicated to helping empower others with the information and skills to pursue their passions. With a 13-plus year career in education, crossing varied sectors, including nonprofit, the public school system, and technology, Kiana aims to bring learning principles and a consultative approach to global consumer teams. Kiana hails from Atlanta, Georgia, the jewel of the South, but currently resides in Austin, Texas. She spends her free time hiking, nurturing indoor plants, and watching Forged in Fire with her rescue cat, Otis Brown. You can sit with us podcast with Lexi B. Kiana, welcome. How are you? I'm doing really well, Lexi. Thank you for having me. Of course. So what is in your coffee cup? What you drinking with us? Okay, you already know uh, we are drinking Kirkland Signature's best French roast, okay, because we love Costco. <laughs> from the Costco, from the local Costco. From the Costco girl. And, you know, like most of us, I don't, I can't do the dairy, so a little oat milk creamer. And so I just needed a little pick-me-up to be awake and be resplendent this morning. And so that's what's in my cup. When you went to Costco, did you get a Costco chicken? First off, I didn't get the chicken because I'm going to tell you why. The chicken is great, but I am not a family of five. And I find that I really only get through about half of it. And now I'm like, what do I do with the rest of it? So I, I don't get a Costco chicken all the time when I'm when I'm feeling the spirit I will but what I'm always going to get from Costco because I'm certainly not going home to cook these $400 worth of groceries I'm gonna get me a chicken bake into the roll oh, on the, the way on out the roll. yeah because I come on now who what what crazy person buys groceries and then cooks them the same day. What is wrong with y'all? I need a chicken bag. I have a, I have a controversial statement about Costco before we move on that I know is going to get me in trouble. Oh my goodness. Similarly, I remember when I started telling black people that I didn't like mangoes and it got me in trouble. Yeah. Um, I don't like Costco chickens. I think, I think that they are like a bit too salty. I'll eat it. See, salt is my favorite condiment. I'm basically a woodland deer looking for a salt lit cube. So it <laughs> it hits the right part of my dopamine receptors for sure. But I understand that. Um, I love Costco. And it's, it's a thing where uh, I didn't love Costco for a long time because <laughs> growing up as a not, uh, I'm not going to say poor, but definitely lower middle class, the idea of spending that much money up front was very anxiety producing. But as I got older and I'm like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. You go and you do realize, ah, the cost savings are there if you buy the right things. And, you know, so now I'm a devotee of Costco, but it did take a little mental exercise. So if anyone out there is struggling with the upfront cost of Costco. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I see you. <laughs> it's for you. This podcast episode is for you. And the gas. The we gas is 20 cents cheaper. We invite you to Costco. <laughs> just don't go Just don't go on Saturday and Sunday mornings because it's crazy and you'll never go again. I'm a remote worker. I go Tuesday at 11 o'clock and I block off my calendar and I say focus time. I'm at Costco. Yeah. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday lunchtime for me is a, is a win. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like people like that. But anyway, shout out to Costco. Where are your people from? Oh my goodness. My people 
like most of our people, are from Lime Kiln, Alabama, which doesn't really exist anymore. It's just kind of like a gravel lot. But that is where my maternal grandmother's family is from. And they, she went up with her husband at a very young age. And we don't like, we don't like, we like, uh, you do the math. You're just like, it was a different time. It was giving, it was giving Jerry Lee Lewis, to be quite honest. But they, she went with my grandfather to Detroit. They stayed there. A few of their siblings went up, but they said that city life was too fast. And so they went, (laughs) they went back down to Alabama. So my, my family sort of split between Sheffield, Alabama, like Sheffield, Florence, Muscle Shoals, Discumbia, and Detroit. Um, so the 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 warmth of other suns, they went to go find it. But now, and then my mother settled in Atlanta. So I actually grew up in Atlanta. Um, and there's a very silly story that my mother would tell about how she was tricked into moving to Atlanta. I don't know how you take a 13-hour car ride with your brother and are tricked into to going to Atlanta, but it's, it's a silly story. Um, but she's been there for 40 years now. And so that is where, uh, I grew up in Atlanta. So she was tricked into going someplace that she didn't want to go, but somehow she's been there for 40 years. Yes. Her sister was down there. Uh, she was a police officer and they had recruited all these folks saying, Oh, they get better pay with APD, all this stuff. Totally a lie. So my sister was like, I'm going back to Detroit where my family is. My mother was like, oh, I'm going to go down there and stay with Vicky because she's staying in Atlanta. And apparently my uncle just forgot to tell her that he was just going to pick Vicky and her stuff up. Oh. So she ends up staying there, uh, ends up working at a 7-Eleven because she would go in there every day. And the guy was like, I want you to manage my store. And my mother's like, I don't want to work at a 7-Eleven. You know, she went to the University of Michigan. She thought she was bougie. She's like, I'm too good for the slushy machine. I got an economics degree from the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. And you want me to work at the 7-Eleven? And, and the guy was like, well, you're in here every day. So while you find something else, you might as well come manage my store. Amen. And so that's what she did until she got an admissions job, I think, at Rutledge College which was a small college in Atlanta, and uh, but they only Rully Collie. Hello, <laughs> this is Cynthia. Sh- I R- love Southern Rully Collie. Yes. And so my mother, yes. she got she got trapped by the Southern charm. Uh, my absentee father got a hold of her, uh, and <laughs> and then you existed. And now And there you go. And that is the end of the story. <laughs> and there you, and there you Look, go. Look, George, George was an, he was an electrical engineer. You know, at least, at least, you know, she had some mm. taste, mm. you know, but clearly none. Clearly none. So, but, what we're yeah. talking, <laughs> so what we're talking about today, and shout out to Mama Cynthia, Kiana's mom. What we are talking about today is um, you have many, many, many strengths and talents. One of them that I... I really admire is your strategy, your multi-year strategy of making sure that your dream of living abroad in order to work came true. And it took years in the making, but Kiana was dead set on making this work. And I think we need to discuss it. So when did you realize in your lifetime that you wanted to not just like live abroad or study abroad, but you wanted to actually work abroad. You wanted a company to pay you 
to work in a different country? So it was probably right after graduate school. Um, So I have an international relations degree, which is just American foreign policy. So that got old really quickly. And I thought that I was going to be a foreign service officer. I just knew it. So I'd always had this zest and zeal to see the world and do different things. Um, But as I got older, um, I look, it's not for me. I'm not I'm not digging latrines. I'm not building schools. I think there's a there's a lovely group of people who want to do that like humanitarian effort. That was not me. I wanted to work as a person in another country to better understand just like levels of empathy. I think it's really key. Um, I speak fluent French um, just thanks to a high school education, which is interesting. And so I think it was after then where I was like, okay, if I'm not interested in doing humanitarian type of work, what does it look like to work abroad? Um, and so from there, I've always really tried to target companies that have a global presence. Uh, I'm in learning and development. So I mostly work with post-sale teams to create training opportunities or Uh, In the past, I've been an actual product trainer. So I am going and traveling to different places to train teams in person, Um, mostly in EMEA um, because of my French language. Um, And so doing trainings also as a, a bilingual trainer. So I would say it was really then kind of narrowing my focus. Like I want this experience. I want it to look a particular way. And just because of my background, it needed to be employer sponsored. (laughs) You didn't want to pay for it. And I understand. Look, You want to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there is a company that I used to work for that we were not going to name. It's a very large company. And I remember when I would travel for them, and, you know, this is like weeks at a time. This is not what you did. And we'll see you in a second. Um, one week, one week, one week there. They were paying. It was a required thing for me to fly business class to Europe from California. It was required that I stayed at a five-star hotel, four or five-star hotel. So that's why um, when I was at that company, I was always raising my hand. Oh, I'll go. Oh, I have to go to Paris tomorrow. I can make it work. Choose me. <laughs> Choose me. For it. <laughs> Yay. I will go. I'll be there on time. I will cancel all of my social life and I'm going. So how did you do it? Let's start talking about how. So once you had that spark, what was the first thing you decided in order to make this dream a reality? Yes. So I knew I needed to be in a company with a global presence. And so I have like many millennials, I've had many jobs over time, either by necessity, because, you know, those people be acting up and you got to do something different Mm. or as I've been lucky to say in my older life, it has been more intentional in terms of finding these places. Mm. But every single company that I've worked at, with the exception of one, okay. has had a okay. a Maya presence, an APAC presence. And I think those two things are important because it lets you know there is global reach. It means you're most likely working with an innovative product. My career has been concentrated in tech for that reason. Mm. And so I think first things first, identify people who have the willingness to take you somewhere. If you're in a company that is mostly doing business in the U.S. and their offices are just in New York and San Francisco, why would they send you somewhere else? 
if you're working with a product that is really specific and doesn't have a global reach, then that's not something that you're going to be working with. You you need to find a market area where they have the capability. Secondly, I also targeted companies that have the resource allocation to send me to those places. So a lot of places may have folks in different regions, but is there a necessity to interact with those people? Some companies do have more insulated policies. I, however, little more strategic, not companies that aren't so big, companies that are on a growth trajectory. So yes, while it's fun to work at, you know, your, what are we calling them? Fang, Mang, we changed the name. Mangs. What is Mang staying for, for the people that don't know? I think it's, well, well, it's Fang. It used to be Fang, which is what? Facebook. Apple. Apple. Amazon. Amazon. Yes. Netflix, Google. Mang. But now it's Mang because Facebook is meta. So those places are great places to target, but oftentimes they are pretty calcified in what they're doing. They're people in certain areas. They have really dug in processes. So for me, it wasn't just targeting companies with a global reach. It was targeting companies that had a global presence, but were also looking to solidify and innovate in those regions. So my last three opportunities have been focused on companies where they need people's expertise. That is mine, right? Like you are looking for someone who has uh, the ability to strategize. Speaking of foreign language definitely helps. Like there's a concrete reason why you might send me somewhere. There's innovation happening with the product and it's growing in that region. So not to, not to beat a dead horse for too long, like you can't start to make this type of jump if you're not positioning yourself in places that can take you there. Um, So if you, you know, it's nice to have like a good stable corporate job, but if your goal is to ultimately live in, you know, Singapore, is the office in Singapore? Is there expansion needed on a team in Singapore? What team is in Singapore? And for me, it's always been because of my background, learning and development, creating training courses. That's something that's always needed in growing companies. So it's it's been really fortunate. Or is the customer in Singapore? Or is the customer. Right? Because we may not have an office there, but if the people that are writing these checks- Are they in Singapore? And keeping the lights on yeah. are in mm-hmm. Singapore. So before we continue, we definitely defined Fang slash Mang. Can you define for the people what EMEA and APAC is? I do think that yes. terms like EMEA and APAC are very tech specific. Mm-hmm. And because we both work in tech, it's like everybody knows what that is. But if you don't work in tech, mm-hmm. when you keep saying EMEA and APAC, what does that mean? So EMEA is Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. And those are like yep. very different, uh, but they put them together in terms of like commerce. APAC is Asia Pacific. Yep. So that's going to be, you know, I guess like India onward for the most part um, mm-hmm. and, until you hit. And Singapore. Yeah. Same, yeah. And Singapore. I definitely, I definitely did an APAC trip. And you know what? I also want to say, since we're going to get clear about this, if you want to be bougie about it, flying Lufthansa or United to EMEA is cute. It's cute. If you really want to boss up, you need to be on that business class Singapore Airlines. And you know what? I have yet I have yet to have that. And and it is something I would like to do. I also haven't gotten my requisite flight on Emirates, but once again, I gotta play with some points. Girl, I gotta play I with some points. I haven't done the business trip on Emirates yet, but it is 
it's on my bucket list of the things that I must do before I leave the corporate world. I have to do it. And you know me, I can't pay for I'm it. I'm not so paying I for Emirates. I am not. <laughs> I am not. But as a person who's married to a man who has flown Emirates many times for work, I need to boss up. I do. Many times, yeah. No, I'm going to get on there and be like, Marhaba, Anna, Ismi, Kiana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so once, so the first step is, I want to do this. The second step is identifying a list of organizations that have the collateral to write that check to send you over there, that have, as you said, a presence over wherever we're going, slash money coming from wherever we're going. Mm-hmm. What's the next step? Mm-hmm. Let's say that we identified the company. Let's say we applied to the company. We got in the company. You and I both know hey. not everybody gets the opportunity for the Emirates flight or the Singapore flight or the United Business Class First Class flight. Mm-hmm. Not everyone or the Delta flight to Lagos, right? Not everybody gets the opportunity. Yeah. So how? So what do you do within that organization to make sure that you are on that flight? Be vocal from day one about what your intentions are. Mm. So if your intention is to go and be, and again, this also comes in with the choice of like role that you're applying for too. So I will say these are probably simultaneous things, but in my experience, that type of experience comes with field facing work. Mm. So like you need to be a person who has experience interacting with clients. You need to be a person who is comfortable with ambiguity because travel and meeting different people, like you have to be adaptable. And so you need to say that early and often. When I was hired to the role and they're like, oh, you speak French? I said, I do. And um, my employer like had his wife speak to me, which I'm like, this was the lowest bar litmus test. She clearly had taken some French in college and we had a perfectly lovely conversation you about passed. nothing. You passed. Because it was it was like, hello, how are you? My dog is here. Like, what are you? I was like, okay, well, this is super technical. And it was fine. <laughs> but like from that, and again, like even absent that, right? Like there just has to be something around, I want to be involved in this. I'm coming to this because I see that you have growth and expansion, these opportunities what does it look like for me to work on projects or with teams? Because we're all cross-functional. There's no team that you cannot touch in any company. I firmly believe that. And what does that mean? And so every single time I met with my boss about growth conversations, which if you're not having them or you're in an organization that's not capable of having those conversations with you, that's also your key to exit and find something else. You need to be working with companies that have bandwidth for growth and development conversations. If you don't, that is not going to be a place where this will, this path may come easiest. Okay. She's like, what are you? I said, well, it's been really nice working with our clients. I want to work with more um, AMEA clients, right? Like I'm, I'm cool to take this, but I have this certain skill. And so I want to be working with them. She's like, all right. So I was a training, uh, a senior trainer at the time with a technical e-commerce product. And so I would, uh, it was COVID. So a lot of this was virtual. Previously, I'd worked at a company, same thing. But, and this is different opportunities. You have to be a person who um, is vocal about it. But also the second thing, Lexi, is you need to make a lifestyle that enables you to do this. So look, I, I, I do, I'm, and this is, this is how to be the litmus test. If you have a supportive partner, you can do this. If you have a village of people, you can do this. I'm not saying you need to be, 
unmarried and childless like myself, but I am unmarried and childless and I don't. But, but let me interrupt you. Mm -hmm. But let me interrupt you before we get into this, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's actually very important is what you are saying is, is that in order to hit your goals and your targets and your dreams professionally, Mm -hmm. you must have a lifestyle that allows you to do it. Yes. And I think that even if you do have a family, even if you do have kids, you having that village, you having your mom or dad come that can easily, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. you having a cat, a dog, a goldfish, Mm -hmm. you have to always plan for that because when, when the day comes, when the opportunity presents itself, you do not have time. Got to be ready. To make this long-term plan, but talk more about your lifestyle and how you were so intentional about that, making sure that when and if this came, your lifestyle was not going to stop you from moving to a different country. Exactly. So I've already positioned myself as a person who moves around a lot. So first things first, people, if you want to go somewhere else, you need to go other places. This cannot just be a professional endeavor. If you want to meet new people, develop empathy understand others' points of view, you have to leave. You have to get uh, outside. I'm from Atlanta, so I'm going to say get outside of 285, okay? You have to do that because people need to know when they send you somewhere that you have the confidence and the ability to navigate travel and moving and different people, different cultural norms, okay? You cannot be funny acting. We do. Okay, because you Sometimes we get a little funny about certain mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. But you can't be funny acting when you go. So that's the first thing. Cultivate that curiosity and desire in your personal life. Um, and we'll all have new learnings and different things, but like, don't let your work trip yeah. be the first time you get on a plane, you know, like really cultivate those experiences, make whatever financial priority you need to make to do that. So that's always been me. Um, I am the unaccompanied minor. Okay. I, three months all on the plane, three, you know, my mom raised me apart from her family, which we can talk about that later, but um, so be comfortable. Number two is make sure that you do have the support. So like I have a cat, his name is Otis Brown. My last name is not Brown. Um, <laughs> that's the name he came with. Uh, and so Otis Brown, I know that I can, I have a friend who has two cats. We got the robot litter box. Okay. He goes, he hangs out with them. He hangs out with my mom. Like Otis Brown is the sweetest boy in the whole white world. So people are like, yes, I will watch Otis. Otis has a village, folks. Otis has a village. Yes. He does. And that's necessary. So when Mama Kiana needs to go for six months somewhere, ain't no thing. We can make it work. Ain't no thing. And like, and then have that support of other people. You know, I have to watch Duke Ellington. You know, when, when we got to go somewhere. Y'all, we're going to interrupt. Kiana, I had to go to Poland for work. I cannot make this up. I have to go to Poland for work. And at the time, my partner, now husband, was supposed to watch Duke. And he then had a work trip. So now I'm at home. It's the middle of November. This is 2019. And um, I have nobody to watch this dog. His doggy daycare is completely booked. And I literally called <laughs> and I said, if I fly you to Oakland Airport, because I know you work from home, could you watch Duke Ellington <laughs> while I go to Warsaw in the middle of winter? And she was like, yes. here's the flight information, Venmo me. I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. We have to help each other take yes. these opportunities. So you yes. I guess what that brings me to, you know, maybe point number three, have like-minded people who support your goals. Oh yeah. 
you cannot be around people who don't understand why your priorities are what they are. Okay. So uh, my mother's hilarious. My dad is hilarious too, because they are the same person, but because they travel domestically, they think that it's different. Yeah. And they're like, why are you always going from home? I said, you're not at home right now. You just called me from South Carolina. Wait, is this the same daddy that drove you, drove a car for you? From Atlanta. How many times? Lexi? Like three How or times? four. Three times. Kiana called her dad and was like, my car is not working. And this man got in a car and drove it to Kiana from Texas. Yes. Talking, talking about where you are. Yes. Okay, dad. Okay. He drove that, he drove that car from Stanford back to Atlanta after school. See, this is a driving man. And so they bother me all the time, but as much <laughs> as they get on me, right? Like they understand just like for them, like this is a really important part of things that make them happy. So Set up for your professional life. You have to have a village. You have to have a lifestyle. You have to cultivate those things in your personal life, just like anything else. Mm. In terms of not only having a role, again, I recommend that it be field facing. I recommend that you have growth conversations with people and every single chance you get, like, what does it look like for me to do this? Because when opportunities come up, you have to be top of mind. Right. Closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah. And so for me that when I actually had the experience of going abroad again, my company, look, I lived where people don't live. They paid for me to live in a cute little one bedroom flat, a st- like one block from Trafalgar Square. Like I'm looking at the National Gallery outside my house. It's not a real person where people live. And that's certainly not an experience I could ever do on my own dime. <laughs> Let's be very clear. I also want to make it but, clear that when I was working and I had to go to London a lot, there is a beautiful four star hotel across the street from the National Gallery. And yes. I used to always choose that hotel. I forgot what it's called. Shout out to that is hotel. It the, is it the Corinthia? Was it, it's is it the, the Corinthia, Corinthia hotel? girl. It's the Corinthia. And they have wow. their own candle scent. I love wow. that hotel. Yes. They have, they have excellent cream tea, yes. high tea. And because I'm a theater tea. nerd, you know, the Matilda <gasps> musical right theater um, it's right there, the right there next to the National mm-hmm. Gallery. So y'all can go right. see Matilda while staying at the Corinthia or Kiana's flat in front of the National yes. Gallery. Yes. Yeah. The, the best thing ever was discovering how cheap theater is in London. It's and insane. they are they are robbing us in the States. I'm Girl, like- <laughs> you know the last time I was in London for work for this specific company we're not going to name, you know I had front row tickets to The Lion King for like 50 pounds. That's what I'm saying. They are they are really playing in our face here in America. <laughs> I'm talking about like just like resale tickets. They're like, oh, somebody didn't come. Ten pounds. I paid fifteen pounds for a Tina Turner the musical ticket, and this That's was before she came to the state. So like, I was I was above everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like third row seats. Yes. If you want cheap tickets, go to if you want cheap beer tickets. Go to London. Go to, go to the West End because they are playing. Broadway is playing in y'all's face, and it's terrible. Oh, geez. But yes, Theater Nerds Unite. So uh, I I think that's uh, that was really key. And it's funny. I'll tell you the story about how this came to fruition. I was at my job and I was like, look, this is cool and everything, but I need to be growing. Like, what's the next thing after this? Mm. I'm I people are coming to me. It's LinkedIn. People are looking for folks. I got people in my inbox. And I will say like, I had a manager where I've cultivated a relationship where I can have these conversations with her, which is really nice. That might not be you. So like, I I know this is very privileged, but I was able to go to my manager and say like, Hey, people are reaching out to me 
I take the first phone call, but I need to let you know, I'm thinking about taking the second one. So like, what does it look like Mm -hmm. for me to do this? And she's like, well, you've always really expressed opportunities for wanting to go abroad. I'm like, yeah, that's huge. And so because that was something that I expressed, she's like, look, we have to, we're, we're getting new trainers. We need someone to onboard them right? Because it's taken so long to find someone. And it really did. It took a long time to find someone who, you know, we felt had experience. She's like, that money that was going to be used for their salary is just sitting there. So we could send you, have you onboard this person. And then you can also find out, you know, about Amaya, how the product functions differently, this, this, and this. And it was like, amazing. So I did have to create those Mm. advocates but it's definitely like, don't sit on your hands about the things that you want. Because sometimes people mm. will tell you, they're like, I can't do this. Like, but here's what we can do. Is there anything we can do to grow this? Um, and if they can't, then you know that you're in a place that can't. And so now you can concentrate your efforts looking for an opportunity who can. Like, getting a no is just as valuable as getting a yes. And I think sometimes, mm. and again, as a person who's been laid off uh, three times in seven years, I, I don't value my life. I don't care about no job because I have the evidence that I was like, oh, okay, I lose a job. I get another one. I, I have this evidence. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I think that is important as well. Like if you get the no from where you are, that's information. Um, yeah. And so I don't think there's any magic to this. It's just positioning yourself for what you want. And that's the advice for literally anything. I'm not even going to tell you that this is unique to this specific opportunity type. I'm hoping just to give you some ways where you can start that process of self-advocacy. That's really it. Is there a difference in the approach for someone like you who lived Mm -hmm. abroad versus someone like me who put myself in a position to go abroad. Those are different. And I want to make it clear, Mm -hmm. right? And you know me very, very well. I never had the intention on living abroad, but I wanted to work for a company that would Mm -hmm. send me to Warsaw, Poland Mm -hmm. or London or Paris or whatever, insert Mm -hmm. city for a week or two. But I wanted to come home. Mm-hmm. You were the person who was Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're going to send me to Paris for a month. That's, you know, that's cute. But I actually want to live in Paris. What is the difference in approach there? Again, just I think for me, it's being in the right environment to have supports for that. So it isn't just I'm going to go. It was a four month long visa process. That was $10,000. So like you have to have the Mm. ability to, again, me bothering these people every day that when am I going to have my office appointment, this type of stuff like you have to be ready to engage and do all the steps of that process. So I'm going to be honest, like getting a visa with another country, right? You got to keep your nose clean. Okay. You you can't be having, don't be out here in these streets. You can't be doing shenanigans. Nope. Nope. Okay. You're not going to go over there with a 400 credit score. You're not going to do that. That makes you financially susceptible to bad things. Like I'm just being honest. So like you, you be ready for that, have your documentation available. Again, it's very privileged to hold a passport. Go get one. It's $120 at the post office. 
Go get you one. It's it's actually okay. like two seventy if you want to get it shipped earlier. Oh, is it hot? Is it hot? If you want to get it shipped earlier. Oh well, it's a it's a line. We got to give the people all the information. You know, it's it's about one twenty one fifty if you want the regular regular process. But if you about to you know go to South Africa in seven weeks, you have to expedite that. You got to pay some more money. Yes, you do. And if you're like me, you're gonna be trifling. You're gonna say, oh no, I got to go back to the home country for a family funeral, and you go to the Atlanta passport office. <laughs> Fun fact, all they need is like a hotel reservation. Like I have a hotel booked for this day. Yep. You can cancel it. Do it on Marriott. Marriott yes. Born Voilet. You cancel 24 hours before. Yes. So just know that all you need that confirmation. Be like, oh no, my opa, whatever, you know, I'm not even Korean. Get out of here. And I have, and I have no clue why the, the hotel is in the middle of a South African vineyard, but they love to drink. RIP. Yes. So you can do it, but you know, po- that was pre COVID. I, <laughs> I was like, please en- encrypt this. Uh, we're being wild. <laughs> <laughs> there are ways to expedite your paperwork. There are ways. Um, and so again, just be ready for that. I think the other thing, again, I, we had talked a little bit about lifestyle and about that village. Like you have to have, a life that can sort of transmute, right? Like I am not counseling people who do not have the supports, right? Both financial, because here's the thing, you're moving to another country. You don't know what's popping up. You need to be able to adapt. And a lot of times that, that means the financial ability to do so. Even if your company is, is forwarding it, like I don't, you want to get there and feel okay buying groceries. If you need additional linen, my, yeah. I got there and that bed was terrible. I called that Layla and I said, you got to send me a mattress. <laughs> you got to send me a mattress. Or, or especially if you're in mm-hmm. Europe, that the countries are so tiny mm-hmm. together. What are you doing on the You weekends? need to be going somewhere. Right? If I was living in London for eight months... Y'all wouldn't see me on the weekend. Like, Lexi, where are you? I'm in Italy. Where are you? I'm in Berlin. Where are you? Like, I'm in Poland because you can. And so, and your company's not going to pay for that. So you need to have the money to experience what you're living in. It's an opportunity for enrichment. And so you want to be able to take, so I'll tell you, so I I, uh, I used to, I had had a little man and he went to, Lexi's laughing at me. He studied abroad in London. I was like, well, did you go anywhere else? And he was like, oh, we went to like Geneva once. I said, you're broke behinds. Went to Geneva for what? To be broke? <laughs> Geneva's not a place for broke people. Okay. I, and, was... um, I feel like the princess of Monaco told us that. Like <laughs> Geneva to be broke? Because let me tell you, I had to go to Lausanne, I think three times for work. And one time I was like, oh, let me get a little mascara because I left it, honey. I knew the convert the 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 Swiss franc is about one to one on the dollar. They're even. And when that woman yeah. was like, that'll be yeah, $18 yeah. for some L'Oreal Illuminous. Yeah. I said, what? Yeah, I know. Geneva's expensive. I would I would never I would never be going to Geneva on a budget. I can't. I call Geneva the Bay Trip. Like I'm not bringing my money. I'm pay- somebody else is buying Geneva. Uh, an oil <laughs> chic, okay. And so I was like, well, <laughs> that oil. seems. Who I was puts like, us that- on Emirates? Who puts us on Emirates to Geneva? I was, I yeah. was like, well, that seems lame. Meanwhile, 
you know me. I studied abroad in Paris. I had to come back, which Lexi already knows. I showed up two hours late for my final exam. I didn't go to... I, they was already mad because I didn't take French class. I'm like, well, I speak French. I feel like I don't need to take French class. Because you were too busy traveling. Kiana was like, I, I miss oh, so yeah, many class. I was actually, I was in Ireland, like, I'm, like right now. So I'm going to miss that test. They were about to make me withdraw. They were like, you have, you have not showed up to enough classes. And I said, wait, just let me take the final exam. And if I pass it, can I? Can we keep good? good? I really yeah. told this woman, I said, if a final exam is the culmination of all the work that we've learned, if I pass this final exam, can can I be cool? And she was yeah. like, fine. And I was like, y'all wrote this for kids in who don't speak French. And I'm like, right. <laughs> and it was hating on the girl. But I got out of there. That was the worst semester of my life, honey, because when I tell you I was on Ryanair, a whiz air, an easy jet, uh, every weekend. So I think so this <laughs> the difference is I really think it comes down to like if your goal is to go and visit and come back that's actually oh excellent goal and I think yeah. it's well supported by field facing roles where you're interacting with people whether that be account executives whether that be um you know I'm going to say sometimes CSM teams, you know, like you got to go do your, you know, executive business reviews or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you can pick these professions that allow you to do that. Go work for Deloitte if you can stand it. Like, yeah, a PwC, yes. um, those huge Boston Consulting Group. Yeah, do yeah. do do what you can if you can stand it, um, and like that. But if you're if you're saying I want to go and live somewhere, like here's the thing. You, we not taking our whole life with us, okay? Right. We're right. not take. So you have to be ready. Or if do you own your home? Do you need to be renting that home out? Do you have mm-hmm. a lease? Right? Mm-hmm. Is that something where you have to be prepared to maybe like buy out your lease and do some things? I just there has to be a sense of readiness because it is a move, and you also have to cultivate a spirit of curiosity. Like everything will get on your nerves. Like for instance, my friend made fun of me all the time. So they don't do ice in London. Beer be hot. Ain't no ice. Just, and you know, I am from Atlanta, Georgia. If my glass is not condensation dripping down the side, I don't don't want to drink it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And when I tell you I was party ice, they'd be like, what you doing? I said, I got to go to the store and buy me some party ice. You had to pay little, little bags of ice. (laughs) <laughs> bringing them into the pub <laughs> girl they be like not this not this girl going to get her own ice not was, this American yeah like no I'm not drinking honey this. when I tell you I was tripping but like you know everybody can have your one little thing but on the whole you just gotta like you're gonna ride the tube you're gonna walk you're gonna be mad they don't have any type of Venmo or Zelle people literally have to give you their bank accounts it's wild right you're gonna you're going to ride the bus. You're out here riding the bus and, but you're going to get on those big red buses. You know, you're going to just explore and you have to have a level of curiosity that invites you to do that because, you know, months, years, it's a very long time and your life will be different. Um, you need to figure out communication, right? Like time changes are weird you want to be able to maintain friendships back where you are. You need to make new friendships. Do you have the tolerance for going out, meeting people, and embracing new friendships? Because you have to do that. Um, so it's not just a matter of, yes, we position ourselves 
to have these type of experiences. We have our growth conversations early and often. If you are not a person who has a innate curiosity and adaptability and you want genuinely to do this, I cannot recommend it. You should take some trips and come back and have those experiences. But, you know, for me, I it's something I'm I'm going to do again anyways. I keep telling people after my parents die, y'all are not going to find me in this place. Yeah, I, don't say that. <laughs> you're not going to find me. After my parents die, you're going to be like, where did Kiana go? Honey, she done moved to, to Mexico. Oh, girl, my Spanish mm-hmm. is terrible. But guess what? It's going to get better. Hola. Look, um, Mexico City is my favorite city in the world. But let's so not tell great. people because they're going to go and they're going to mess it up. They but Mexico City is one up. of the most underrated cities in the entire world. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. amazing. Fantastic. Uh, they done already messed up because, uh, you know, I'm trying to go to like Veracruz. They, oh, they already messed up Tulum. They already, they already messed, messed that up. Oh, that's been messed up. They done messed up um, uh, Salvador de Allende, where all the rest of the mm-hmm. expats are. They done messed that up. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, look, you know, you know, our homegirl Chantel, I'm about to go be an au pair and live with her and her husband. Uh, I would do that in a heartbeat. Shout out to Chantel. I would do that in a heartbeat. You know I am. And that's someone you really should talk to. Like me in terms of like business opportunities, she, um, after she went to grad school, she went to Sciences Po in France and then ended up working for PwC there for a number of years. Um, Weirdly did not meet her French husband in France because he's Mexican. You know, she's always really established that she wanted to really- Oh, since undergrad. since Since undergrad. And so I think if you're if you're not even tied to like a business thing, if you're just like, how are people immigrating to other countries? Um, I think that's a, a you know, uh, and then I have to. She did not ask. I don't know why I'm like I'm plugging for people, but uh, uh, Rashida. Yes, Rashida, and she is yes. showing other left Uber and then like moved moved to Mexico, moved I to Mexico, Mexico, and that is where she lives. Yes. And she's made some really key, again, financial decisions to be able to to do that. that. Yeah. Um, And she, I don't, she has a Rashida Dow. She's a wonderful YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what it's called, but she runs a summit. And it was so funny. I was watching some of her content and one of the women that she works with is actually a, a woman I went to high school with. Oh, very interesting. And I was like, oh, and like, and like, I, I, I know her, you know, you're like, okay. Um, So particularly as like, uh, you know, professional black women, right. A lot of this advice is, is coming from there because we have our own journey, journey with that. But um, if that's of interest to any of your listeners, just in terms of like, they are really looking to immigrate and establish a life outside and what that could look like um, as well. But I'm just very specifically speaking to, I have a company, I want to make a transition. It may not be a forever transition, but I want to have that experience and I want it to be on someone else's dime. I love it. So in closing, um, where can we find you? What are you up to? How can we support you? Oh my goodness. I am, I, I have a presence. You can find me on LinkedIn. It's Kiana Shelton. Yes. Um, I, I, I guess, yeah, that's, that's my professional sort of thing. You can find me there. If you need any assistance, again, I work in learning and development. So for people who are looking to get into 
curriculum designing, if they're looking to get into the project management space, uh, if you're looking to learn how to build effective training modules in different modalities, right? That's something I'm always happy to help with. Um, but that has just been my personal like love. Um, and right now I'm also on a very interesting journey, uh, a like real estate journey. So in turn, if you know anything about buying secondary properties, <laughs> like let me know. Like, like, yes. So that's me and just really here to help. Um, and as always, I'm just so grateful to Lexi for one, always making a platform for unique voices to be heard. Um, and just, you know, you, you push me to be a better person. You push me to be a better person. I'm like, what would Kiana do? WWKD. Do something out of pocket. That's... <laughs> ignorant. Do something ignorant. Ignorant. Man, they messed up. Like, I love you, sis. Thank you so much for being uh, here. Thank you. You can listen to You Can Sit With Us episodes on Spotify. For more information, visit our website, LexiB.com and our LinkedIn account at LexiB. And make sure to follow our podcasts on Instagram at sitwithlexiB. And don't forget to subscribe to our Spotify channel.